Welcome to You're Still Doing That, where we talk to everyday people about their childhood joys that have endured into adulthood. Joining me today is the wonderful Margaret Champagne. <laughs> I like that introduction. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who are outside of Sanford, you may not know uh, Margaret Champagne, but uh, what do you do today that you still did as a kid that we're going to talk about? I am an actress. Yes, I'm an actress. <laughs> I've been doing it since I was four years old. So if we do the math, that's four plus 44. Uh, yeah. <gasps> All right, let's get into it. <laughs> Welcome to the show where tens of people are going to hear you, Margaret. You finally made it in acting. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. So let's find out what it's like to be a working actor. But first, we got to set the stage. We're recording virtually today. I'm located in the beautiful Sanford, North Carolina. Uh, Margaret, where are you at? I'm in the beautiful Queens, New York. Oh, right. Awesome. Yeah. I've never explored New York. I need to I need to get up there and do that sometime. Oh, get on up here and, and call me up. All right. And we'll go on an adventure. Uh, so, Margaret, uh, we were both in high school together. Were you born in Sanford, North Carolina? No, I was born in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. There's a music capital for you. Yes. That's a so how did place. you So how did you end up in Sanford? Well, um, so my... My parents went to the University of Austin, Texas, and that's where they had me and my two brothers. And then they, my dad's job brought him then to Nebraska, and he worked at the Center for Middle Eastern Studies where he was, um, his his countries of study were Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran. And then that job brought him to Fort Bragg because he started working for the government and he worked, um, same kind of job, Middle Eastern analyst, uh, PSYOPs operations. Right. So then that that's how we ended up in Sanford because at the time my mom was at uh, UNC Chapel Hill working and my dad was at Fort Bragg. So the midpoint for them to drive to their destinations was Sanford. So ah, yeah, so it was just a mid it was a midpoint. Um, yeah, so that's how I ended up in Sanford. The brick I'm capital also of the world. Brick capital of the world. I'm a transplant as well. All my Where family was uh, uh, born in California. Oh. And so I got to Sanford when I was 11. My dad uh, was in the car business and his uh -huh. company uh, was in carburetors. And so that got kind of obsolete. And so he moved to Sanford and he worked at Magaretti, uh, Magnetti Morelli. There you go. Oh, yeah. I brought him across there. So I was 11 when I got to Sanford. What age were you when you got Sanford? All right. So second grade, I was young. So Seven. I don't know. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Seven. See, I'm like, <laughs> I'm an elementary what? school teacher, so you know, I know the ages. There you go. Oh my gosh, that, that's awesome. Very um, cool. All right. So, when did you get the acting bug, or when did you start wanting to perform? I love that you called it the bug because I was thinking the about bug. this this interview, and I was like, oh god, how do I talk about what this thing is that you just do and since your whole life? And definitely, I called it the bug when I was a kid. That's exactly the way I referred to it. Maybe it was because it was kid language, but it was like right. this thing that I just, it was just like, I had a lot of energy, I think as a child. And I think I, 
I would often just be too much. I don't know. So I, <laughs> I know exactly what that looks like. I know yeah. as an elementary teacher, I know exactly yeah, what too much yeah, looks like. like. <laughs> the kid that just talks too loud, talks too much. I, I found some old report cards actually from second grade and they were like, well, she's a good kid, but she, she talks, she talks so much. She doesn't stop talking like the, in the, <laughs> those little folded report right. cards. Yep. My mom gave me a box recently because <laughs> now that's where we're getting all the boxes from the parents. Now they're like, get this oh, uh, out of here. Don't get me started on what's <laughs> in my garage from parents. Oh my right. God. Um, so that was something. And then, uh, I remember like I was at some festival and I was sitting on my grandmother's lap. This might've been in Nebraska. And my grandma said, I just jumped out of her lap and I went running up on the stage when they asked people to come on the stage. And I was right. probably four or five. And I don't know why I did that. Um, but I did, the thing for me was the, I, it made me feel good. Just, yeah. I, that was the, I just liked to do it. I don't know what it, what it was at that age. Uh, it just was like you, as a child, I think you kind of gravitate towards what makes you feel good or, that's or right. happy. And that made me feel happy. So yeah, there that's I what was. You do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we lose when we become adults. So that's what right. I, point of the podcast is to find people <gasps> that still do their kids stuff because those are the happiest people. Yeah. Cause we just don't grow up. No, no, you don't want to grow up. <laughs> Delusions of grandeur that that's never right. leave our <laughs> psyche. So, um, what kind of teachers or uh, influencers did you have uh, growing up that pushed you to act and to be oh, on stage yeah. or to perform? Definitely like the the drama teachers. I remember Miss Ward from elementary school. I auditioned. Yeah. I don't remember what grade, but it was definitely elementary. And it was Santa Claus in the snowmobile. Yeah, yeah. And... I auditioned for the role of Santa Claus. Now, this was back in the, <laughs> when was this? Like, I graduated. So that was like in the late 80s. Late 80s, yeah. And I was a little girl in maybe sixth grade because it was like, and I just remember getting up on that stage and just boomingly loud, like, ho, ho, ho. Right, right. And I don't know, I got the role. Miss Ward gave me the role of Santa Claus. So good I got. Teacher. Good, good teacher. Good teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So Miss Ward, definitely. And then all of my drama teachers, uh, they just, they were just more, I don't know, they're free, creative. I like to just let the, be creative and not feel like you're f gonna fail or there's no. Right, right. You know, so Miss Ward, um, I'm trying to remember the junior high school teacher. I really liked her too, but I can't remember her name right now. And then, of course, Miss Beale, obviously, yeah. like all of those. Um, and also, I had a math teacher too that was really inspirational. Uh, the guidance counselors. For some reason, I found myself always talking to guidance <laughs> counselors. Uh, probably behavioral stuff because I was right. I was acting out, and right. you know that was where I ended up in the in the drama world. Right, drama well, probably perfect fit right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in Sanford, North Carolina, we have a wonderful theater, local theater that's been around for a while. And does a great job, and lots of fun people have gone through there. The Temple Theater, and uh, did you do any work with Temple? Oh yeah, that was probably one of the biggest um, like helpers in my yeah. my whole life as as a trajectory for my career. Like they would have you know the auditions, they would have the plays. I remember the, in the in high school we'd of, often perform there for also children. Yeah, and I did a, a lot of shows with the Temple and. 
I remember Tim, I can't remember his last name. I was going to say Tim Morrissey was the artistic director at the time, I think. But it really was like as a young person to work in that type of space was it just elevated the work. And you would meet these working actors from New York. I remember Mm -hmm. doing costumes for, um, I think it was Ain't Misbehavin'. And Cleo King, I followed her career because she, I got to change her costumes in the wings. Yeah. And she just inspired me so much. And um, I would see her on television and I was just yeah. blown away. Yeah, yeah. The Temple brings in um, some pretty high profile folks. Yes. Uh, that stay really busy. They're still doing that now. Uh, they're really full tilt boogie with, um, with the youth. They've got the Temple Teens. Awesome. Uh, the group they have, and it's a pretty large group, and they get around, and they've got uh, like a kids' conservatory in the summer, and they get a, probably about 100 kids, and wow. they learn a show and put it on, That's and they amazing. put all the money and effort into those shows as they would a main stage production, so it's got everything. Yeah, I always felt like the quality was just excellent, and I just yeah. love that space that like it's kind of got like the old kind of look and like they've, you know, maintained that. And um, when I got to go back to do that stand-up special. Uh, uh, my wife and I were there. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we sure were. <laughs> that was a, that was such a treat. That was so fun for me. Like that was one yeah. of my favorite performances I've ever done because um, just being in that space and just the the years that had gone by and just. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was. um Circling the drain. <laughs> Was uh is so Parkinson, right? Ron, um, yeah, Ron, yeah. I was about mm-hmm. to say, so that's your dad, right? Or oh, Ron, Ron Parkinson, dad? yeah, that's Shay Parkinson's dad. So I when Shay I was Parkinson, yes. Okay, was, I was trying to remember the connection. That's okay. Yeah, so Shay was one of my best friends in high school, and and I remembered her dad being a stand up comic, but I didn't know much about him because you know you know he right. was doing Charlie Goodnights, and you know. But I didn't know that stand-up world. That's something that kind of came later to me. I didn't even start doing yeah. that till like I was 30. But um, it was a way for me to perform by myself because yeah, as you yeah. age, you kind of – the group thing, it's harder. As you know, you get families, yeah. you start you – know. but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so Ron Perkison, he called me up and said, hey, I do this show once a year, Circling the Drain. It would be so fun to have you. And I was like, okay, yeah. I, I think I got about 20 minutes. I'll come. You know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I had a blast. Yeah, it was great. We uh, uh, we had enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'll get back to your comedy bit in a minute. So, uh, uh, so you're so you're in Sanford. You graduate. You go up to New York to Pace University. Yes. What got you all the way up there? Well, you know, I remember one of the trips I took with Pam in high school. We went to New York City, and oh man, that just that did you're it. Right. That was the that was the nail in the coffin because. I bet so. I just, I really wanted to, I wanted to see the world. I also had like a little bit of this hometown rebellion. And, you know, I grew up with extremely liberal parents and extremely kind of different worldview than a lot of my friends and a lot of what was going on. And I felt really suffocated uh, on a, in a personal level, which also kind of definitely colored my professional dreams and I New York was a sanctuary city and I felt like I I could go there and like open my mind and be so that was it that got me up there and I applied to a bunch of colleges and I don't know by the grace of the money gods I got a scholarship (laughs) you got up there that's awesome yeah that was a nice scholarship that got me to pace honestly yeah and so did you study acting at pace 
I did. I got a, yeah. a Bachelor of Fine Arts in concentration in acting. And that was yeah. a it was a program that was really kind of vast. You learned all the aspects. Like, right, right, right. <clears throat> yeah, that's probably, I think, a lot of parents' worst nightmares. Like, your kid goes to school. All right, so have you decided what you're going to study? Yeah, I'm going to study acting. Acting, like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I was that's lucky not... that my parents were so right. chill. They were chill on yeah. it. They were chill. Yeah, uh, so that's great. Uh, yeah, supportive parents. Um, by God, we love supportive parents. Mine have always been very supportive. and yeah, You can just see the kids that blossom. Uh, because the parents give them room to explore and grow and fail uh, and fail because yes. you got to fail, fail, but you fail upwards. You're going to, it's going to yep. help you. It's so what was your first paid acting gig? I mean, it might've been snow camp, North Carolina. Really? You know, the outdoor dramas. Oh yeah. 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 I also got paid to do some sort of commercial in Sanford when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. like maybe, and I have still the, the script and it's framed on my wall. I have it over there. Like the oh, first great. pay. I think that was the first, it was a commercial for Chris Hall's dad's electronic company, maybe. <laughs> yeah. TVs. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, um, I played a detective and I got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. That was my first probably paid gig, which I didn't get paid for another 10 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> because oh my it's goodness. a strug. It's a hard business. Let's, let's, Let's yes. be honest, but um, I can believe it. Yeah, yeah. That's All right, my first paid gig. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so you graduated. Uh, so, what happened next? Did you stay in New York City, or did you have to fly home for a bit? Or yeah, I stayed. I stayed. I I was able to. I moved into Dumbo into an old factory that was kind yeah. of like divided into different areas. I got a job as a a waitress, and I had a little apartment cleaning business called Champagne Cleaners. Where Ooh, I that's would... a great name. <laughs> Sounds yeah. luxurious. Oh yes, like with a with a yeah. white glove, except for it was like a right. Plastic Come rubber in glove. and give them a glass of champagne <laughs> while you're cleaning their house. I love it. Yeah, and um, and I and I also sold sold monkey puppets at the seaport, and then I just kind of dove into the theater world, and I got really right. involved in the the avant garde theater world because I feel like I was exploring the art form and I was really interested in it. And I was just doing a lot of wacky stuff like, um, you know, plays where I would dress up with an egg costume and be covered yeah. in eggs and then throw eggs at a plexiglass <laughs> wall. And I guess I just wanted to, you know, right. It, try it, everything. It, try everything. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there was a lot of that going on back in the early 90s, 90s in New York, yep. a lot of avant-garde theater stuff. So I explored that. And then then I grew yep. and I wanted story again. Like I wanted oh, I wanted yeah, to go yeah, see yeah. a play that I could see the beginning. You can make sense. <laughs> I can make sense of it. Like it's all fun, shock and awe. And that's a lot of our youth is this rebellion yep. and it's rebellion mm -hmm. against the, you know, the stories you told in your youth. And then, so then, but so then I did theater for a very long time and, and simultaneously worked on kind of B movies. Friends of friends were making movies. Right. I made a movie, you know, like, and these were, I mean, these weren't even B movies. These were like D E. Right. <laughs> well, I watched bikini bloodbath, oh, yes. um, car okay. wash edition okay, last good. night. Nice. And so I know exactly what you mean. We've got a, uh, that I've I've got a buddy. He makes films here in Sanford, and I was like, "Oh, this is right along the lines of of uh, his stuff too." Yeah, just friends Wait, getting you, together and making movies. The, 
He's a movie theater guy too. That yeah, he runs uh, Spring Lane Cinemas. Yeah. I listened to a lot of that. It was a great podcast. You guys yeah. had a great show. Yeah, I, he's yeah, he super does. Super interesting. Um, yeah, he does. Uh, I don't know. He probably does one or two a year as employees and or past employees and buddies. You know, they all get together and and do something. Yeah, and do something. Yeah, because you know, yeah, you're not making these like high grade ten million dollar films that are seen right. in the world but you're doing the craft the art form yeah and that's that's because you're jonesing for it you want to do it and you know it, yep. you got to accept hey it's not going to be perfect these movies aren't going to be but that's yeah. where you learn i mean that but was you my... got to do it to learn right yeah you got to keep going yeah you don't I learn mean, unless you do it no and it's... especially not in a classroom either you got to get out there and yeah you got to get, get out there and just, and I know a lot of people that they live in classes all the time. I'm like, they'd rather be in a class than do a movie. And I'm like, how long do you go to medical there. school before you have to just get out there right? and do it? You, you can't right. go to medical school forever. You have to become a doctor sometimes. So it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and there's, there's always like the upkeep classes, which are great. But at the same yeah. time, just try it, try to get in, you know, go for it. Yeah. Well, congrats. And I had no on... pride. I had no yeah. pride. I was in every movie that was offered to me. I didn't care. I think work begets work begets work too. Like I don't That's throw right. stuff down. I the just more you kinda... do. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, same thing for me starting podcasting. Um, I joined a couple of, uh, I call it, told Chrissy, it's like Tinder for podcasters. And it's people <laughs> just throwing their, their stuff out, trying to yeah. find other people's shows. Yeah. So I do shows with all kinds of random people. I have no connection with whatsoever, but I'm like, hey. Come on and let's do it. Yeah. The more you get it done, the better you get. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, you got 45 titles, at least on IMDb anyway, to your name. That's spectacular. I would kill to have Thank my you. name in IMDb for, I don't care, anything. <laughs> Thanks, uh, So man. that's awesome, man. And congrats to being able to stay in New York City. A lot of people go up there and, uh, and they wash out. They got to come back home or they can't make a go of it. But um, champagne, yeah, it, it, champagne carpets and selling stuff on the docks. I mean, oh, that's what yeah. you do. Hey, you know, you just whatever it takes. That's I feel like that that bug, if it's that strong, you find a way, you know, you find I a mean, way. I also had, you know, the communities of the theater. Like, you know, when you get involved in the theater, it's like uh, they become your friends and, and then you have like a little bit of a family. So they hey, you know, anybody who's hiring, you know, I need a side job yeah. and that that waitress knows somebody that they they work at a restaurant they yep, need another yep, waitress yep. so once you kind of get plugged in and and you you stick together like a pack you can really right. help each people other people know you yeah all right so um your first credit uh, at least on IMDb for a movie is in 2001 with the film Make Pretend oh yeah that was a, that you that had was... to lead on how did you uh, how did you get into getting that gig that was really uh, such a great experience. Um, I, when I came to New York, I met a uh, actor and director by the name of DJ Mendel. And he kind of was someone I met through the pace world. Yeah. Um, he was doing a lot of Richard Foreman stuff in um, downtown Manhattan. And then he, he also worked a lot with Hal Hartley. And I was in a couple Hal movies, like little s small parts. I was right, a big right. fan of his stuff. But, um, and then DJ went to make a movie and we had worked together in, you know, this this downtown theater scene. And I got cast as Baby. That that movie was like, I don't know if you saw Lars and the Real Girl, but it was like, I think it was like a movie of like Lars and the Real Girl before yeah. Lars and the Real Girl. It was about a woman, a girl, me, who 
wants to have a baby so bad, but doesn't. So she has a plastic baby. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes around town and makes everybody believe that this baby is real. Right, and, right. and the town believes that it's real. But that, you know, that was the first feature film. Yeah, yeah. I believe I did. Although I did one with like Andy Francis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andy. And I, I can't remember. It was called Leslie and Bill. But I think a lot of the movie was shot out of focus. Can you imagine doing a whole movie that's shot out of focus? Oh. It, Wouldn't it you notice in- that beforehand? Man, this was that was film, film. Oh, that was film, film. Was so film, you wouldn't know it until you yeah. went to. I believe yeah. I was in. I was actually in college when we shot that. I came down and went to Wilmington. Yeah. And we lived in a house that had no water, or to make this movie, and it was uh, an Italian filmmaker. He, w- I don't remember, but you know, it was called Leslie and Bill. And at the end of that, yeah. So, but the first successful feature film I did was yep. definitely make pretend, <laughs> make pretend. And that was a great yeah. experience. Those are some really DJ Mendel. I admire him so much. He's an, a really big indie person who he is truly a, an artist uh, that I was lucky to work with. And that's um, great. Yeah. And so looking at your credits, I mean that, so the bikini bloodbath movie stood out because you had been in a few of them. And oh, I yeah. was like, what is a series that I've never heard of? <laughs> And then she's in a whole bunch of these things. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, sure enough, we get on our TV and start searching, and Bikini Bloodpath uh, um, Car Wash uh, uh, version, there's several, uh, was on, uh, I think it was on Tubi. They had it on there. I love that it's on Tubi, because I yeah. don't know. I used to so, say, I, I, I did all these Bikini Bloodbath movies, and they're really big in Germany and Japan. That was always oh, my... Oh, that's funny. That was always my line uh, when in my, my act, because, you know, these these B-movies, they're like... Um, the guys, they're like trauma guys. And Tom Seymour, who made these movies, he just made a movie called VHS Massacre, which is like a, yeah. a documentary all about uh, how, you know, what the history of VHS right, is. Right, 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 right. Uh, they were big trauma fans, and so these are like campy horror comedy. Yes. And if it, and I've I've continued to do two more, and um, oh my God, uh, Lloyd Lloyd Kaufman is in, he is in a uh, bikini bloodbath Christmas, uh, and then he was in the next one that we did with anyway. So they're all like in the family of that, right? But but the bikini bloodbath movies, how I got involved with though that kind of. It's like a little franchise is yep. Tom Seymour and John Gorman live in Connecticut. And at the time, I think I was dating this guy, Russ Russo. And he he had been in one of their movies. Uh, it was about superheroes back in like 96 yeah. or something. And they needed like a news reporter. So I was in that movie and I had a little small role as a news reporter and then, you know, you start to work with the same directors over and over yep. and like, oh, what are you doing for a week this summer? Can you come to Connecticut and do this, you know, bikini horror movie? And yeah. And then I did the next one and the next one. And as you know, directors work with the same actors and, and yeah. I liked these people. We had so much fun. We would, we would uh, shoot for like a week and live right. in the house it, together. It looked like a film that you guys, I bet they had all lived together and shot yeah. this like in a, a few days. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they were fun. I we did start fast forward. We got about halfway through the flick, and then I was like, "Where's the bloodbath?" Because <laughs> oh, and there's the first one, and then oh, okay, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. You didn't get killed in in the car wash edition. You survived. 
I, 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 you know what? I can't remember. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But this is over maybe 15 years now. Or it, was, it was a while ago. And then so, I yeah, felt. So, yeah, they blend in together. I, I, yeah. I, I remember my, my larger role was in, in Christmas where I got to play this character, Willem Dafoe. Willem. Nice. Willem Not Dafoe. Will, no, William. Oh, yeah. William. I did. William I did like, Dafoe. yeah, they had a lot of um, like just blatant copyright stuff, but it was like, we'll change the words here and this oh, here. Yeah. They and were, then the car wash did the whole Michael Jackson beat it yes! like fight scene, but it yes. was not too close, but enough to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, um, yeah. So that that was a whole that was a, a chunk of time I got to work with all those people simultaneously doing so much uh, theater at the time. So I right. did more theater and mostly just off Broadway, a lot of off Broadway, off Broadway. Then. You know, you hit your mid-20, then you're hitting 30, and you're like, oh, my God, am I supposed to live off? How am I going to live? Right. How do I feed myself? Right. And then that's where you start to say, okay, how do I make a living? How do I? Yes. And so then you start looking in the film world, the television world, and also the people you're coming up with are starting to 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 venture into that world. Yeah, I didn't yeah. do that young. I, I was theater, 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 and then I was like, oh, this is not tenable. At least it, I'm not a Broadway actress. I'm not. A, I mean, I am a broad. I'd love to be, but I'm not right. a singer and that kind of thing. I'm more. Right. Of a, um, and I was doing tons of sketch comedy. I had lots of sketch yep. comedy groups and but the money wasn't there. So you're working these side jobs and you're like, oh, this bug. Oh, this passion. Uh, that's one thing. Right. And then, oh, but I'm so tired of living in this flop house. I'm so tired yep. of not having an uh, air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of eating ramen noodles. You do get tired. You can you can love something so much, but then all of a sudden you're like, I'm getting old. I got right. some creature comforts. Right. You can't live, you know. Yeah. So so there are shifts in the career, I think, that happen just because they have to. Right. And that's when I started in more commercial work. I don't think right. actors want to do commercial work. I don't think we're, oh, that's so exciting. Right. Uh, to sell a car, to sell. But it's is it's where you can, it's like. You could survive. Right. Yeah. And so that lines right up into my next little question. So I realized how great of an actress you were. Um, what is this? Um, I forgot to write it down on my notes. Uh, was it, I guess, 2011-ish or so? And my kids, I was a marching band director at the time. And my kids oh. uh, were like, uh, they're like, uh, they were doing, uh, one of my kids was doing this little dance in my band room. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's the sun drop dance. And yeah. I was like, what do you mean a sun drop dance? And then they showed me the video. And I was like, I think that's Margaret Champagne. <laughs> and then my wife, Chrissy's like, Margaret Champagne's the sun drop girl. And I was like, I thought that was her. And then my kids thought I was awesome because I know the sun drop girl. Oh, yeah. And so how did you get uh, the, the gig of being... Uh, 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 the dancer for the Sundrop commercial. Oh man, that's such a that was such a a great fun gig. Um, I was doing this play called Better Places to Go. It was a really cool play uh, about like people living in small towns trying to get out. Blah blah blah. And this oh, guy yeah. came. You know in. a lot about that. Yeah, we know. <laughs> and um, because they all had they had better places to go, and some of them got right. to go, some didn't, some stayed and had better time staying. Um, but uh, this uh. At the time, this manager came in. His name was Sandy Gunner. And he saw me on this play and was like, oh, I'd like to rep you. 
So I started working with this manager. I'll never forget when he called me. It was like the biggest, most exciting day of my life because to find representation was very hard. It's very competitive. Someone who wants to be your agent, someone who wants to rep you because, you know, they have the keys to the doors that you don't have. Now with, uh, you know, we have YouTube, we have all these other ways that people can venture to try to, you know, show their work. At that time, there was no YouTube. There was no. So anyway, this guy. And so I started working with him. And and what he set me on was my first commercial auditions where I started doing that. I'd never done anything like that. You know, playing the the girl who's eating the hamburger or the girl. Right. And it is a it is a skill that is not that simple. I mean, you have to really like fine tune your yes your motivation to please the client who has an idea of what this is supposed to look like. And as as far as like acting, it's like really it's a different muscle. And so it's yeah. some it's a skill that has to be learned too. And at first, I thought, oh, I just want to be me. And so I would go in and be like, this is the way it's going to be in the commercial. <laughs> and then I wouldn't get any jobs because I wasn't paying attention to the fine print of what they wanted. They want someone who's enjoying eating the sandwich and blah, 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 blah. You know, and I was like, I don't enjoy eating sandwich. I'm going to take a bite of this sandwich and I'm going to moan and make a, no, (laughs) this is, you know. um, But anyway, finally, I think, you know, the energy that I had met the, uh, the creative and uh, I got an audition from Sandy for Sundrop and it was a, um, Gosh, uh, it's going to, I hate when I, I lose names, but I lose, the director of that commercial was uh, Brian and it's going to, his last name, it's not going to come to me, but he has directed a lot of movies that are really fantastic, but he was such a great director. I remember when we, we showed up on set, he was like, we're going to do this thing where we're going to look into each other's eyes for like one minute and we're not going to look away and we're going to really get that it's all good to be you and it's good to be me. And um, we, we worked we looked at each other and it was just like, you know, you know, the, the eyes are the window to the soul and like you can't run right. away and you're like, oh, it's like all your layers come down and you're just like, <laughs> we're going to make this commercial magic. And I don't know, that commercial had just, we got, that was, that was a really lucky collaboration of all these people. It was, a, it was actually MTV. Um, there was a production company that was coming out of them and it was a great time. Uh, yeah. and that, I auditioned. I went into a, a room with, you know, five people standing there. And I was going to, how did, how did, <laughs> did you have any idea of how many other people were there for the audition? I know there was probably like a hundred people auditioned for that. Right. Thing. And it probably. just, had, yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause you see them come and go, you have your time slot. Let's say they have an audition. Your agent calls you. you they're like, you have a 10 five. You're in at 10 five and it, at 10.08, there's somebody else. And they do this from yeah. 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. Right, right, right. And take a lunch break. So there's – and, you know, it's New York. There's tons and tons and tons of yep, people. Yep, yep, people. yep, So that was really lucky. That was a – because that job, I got to travel. I got to go to South Africa being the Oh, South my Africa. God. I got to go to Cape Town. And we shot a lot of the the second round of commercials over there. And, um, oh, it was fabulous. I, I got to ride in business class. It was awesome. Yeah. Now, how do they get money? Like, all right, we're going to do a commercial for Sundrop, but we're going to shoot it in Africa. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because see, I'm also I'm in the union, which we're on strike yeah. right now. Which is, oh my gosh, well, let's keep it up because we need to we need to be a fair wage. How do we survive? That's right. Well, with the union, see, it's interesting. They they I think they shot in South Africa. So it was cheaper to shoot there. Oh, gotcha. You fly the lead actress out there 
and then you cast all the people there because you're going right. to spend less money. It's right, 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 right. I mean, they 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 have very, and they also needed the location because they were shooting these like um motorcycles, and they had these beautiful sand dunes uh, that look like you're at the beach, but you're actually yeah. like in the middle of South Africa. Right, right. But um, got to travel gotcha. there. That was great. Yep. So commercial oh, work. Awesome. Did a bunch of that. I did a progressive commercial. I did the voiceover for every freaking thing you could. You asked me. I'm sure I sold it on television. Mattresses, uh, yep. yogurt. Um, but that kept me yeah. alive. And then I was able to continue pursuing my my other part, right, which is the independent uh, film, which is the stand up, which is the sketch, which is uh, the theater company that I, you know, started and all that stuff. Yeah, you got to do one to one thing to get your other dreams to pop up. Yeah, but that yes. sun drop was really fun for a little bit to get to see you on TV. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. So looking, I was looking down your credits and I was trying to pick up a few things that I thought I could find. So I watched a couple episodes of Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Uh, the TV series in 2016. Uh, Chris Elliott was the uh, was the 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 dad of the family, and yes. people don't know who Chris Elliott is. Um, I always think if you remember, uh, well, he's as uh, SNL, and um, I always think of him as the the friend in um, uh, something about Mary. Uh, he's yes. Ben Stiller's best friend uh, in there too. If you remember that, and am I saying her name? Amy is it? How do you say her last? Sedaris. Name? Sedaris, I thought so. She's great, yeah. and uh, and I really loved your um, you guys' clip going back and forth about how you're insulting each other. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was so much fun. That was fun, right? <laughs> and that I was... love how your face is so just like still the whole time you're you're trashing her uh, yeah. right in front of her. That was great stuff. Thank you. That was so fun. That was like one of my favorite of all time jobs because I've always been a fan of hers from Strangers with Candy. And that was like such a weird show when I was young. It's something that I just loved. Yeah. And, you know, she was Jerry and she was larger than life. And she was, and I had worked with Dan Powell, who was a producer on that, on Inside Amy Schumer. And he had remembered me and said, hey, can you, do you want to come in and work on this show? And, and I was like, yeah. And then he was like, oh, Amy Sedaris is on it. And Chris Elliott. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So I remember going to work that day and. And I had just found out, I had only found out I was pregnant um, maybe like two weeks before. And I was so excited about that, but I didn't want to tell anybody because you don't want to tell anybody until it's right, viable. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And I met on that shoot Bridie Elliott, who is Chris Elliott's daughter. And it was so bizarre because me and Neil, my husband partner, um, we had wanted to name our, our daughter Bridie, but nobody had ever heard of that name. And then I go on this set and I meet a girl named Bridie and I'm like, oh, it's wow. fate. It's kismet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Chris Elliott's daughter was in the scene with me. But anyway, there's like, oh, so I have this scene where I'm playing um, the homeless shelter. Um, I run the homeless shelter. Right, right. And there's like a covered dish. Everybody's bringing yep. the covered dish. So when they start rolling camera, they're just like, you guys just here's the script. And I had a script and they're like, you guys just run off each other. So that whole scene is just me and her making up stuff like, Oh, and, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm across from Amy Sedaris. She was like, I'm fangirling her so hard. I mean, she is yep, like, yep, yep. so I was kind of outside of myself and I was so nervous because yep. 
this was like, I'm like, and that was like one of those moments where I'm like, holy shit, I, this, yeah. is, this is what I, I, I actually do this. Like where your art and like what you want to be, and then you think of what it is to be that, but then you're actually like, oh. I'm doing that. Oh, wait, I'm doing this. I'm literally standing across from this person who I know does this. This is right? this. This is this. This is this. And it's not like you've arrived, but you're just like, oh, um, you're a professional. I have to keep telling yes. myself, like, it's this imposter syndrome you have. You're yeah, like, yeah. I don't really, I mean, I don't really do this. I mean, I do this, but like, oh, but wait, I'm standing here. I'm being paid. I'm actually being asked to just riff and right? improv and do the comedy that I do. And I'm doing it, and I'm having that whole internal crisis. Right, while I'm and you're the doing outside. it with a grade A professional in front of you. <laughs> right. So that was that was really great, and um, that was a really fun. And she was so fun to work with, and yeah, that was one of my that day. I left that and just smiled from ear to ear. And so and the line it. where you talk about how you know you know you can't, uh, and I'm terrible at remembering stuff. But the line you say something about you can you can't even tell the mustache is there. Yeah, or something. that's I and just she's had like to... wax, wax over. Yeah. That was all just riff. Yes. Oh my and god. It was, so it's hard scary not to break. because I don't know. Someone, one of us had to say like, "Look at that Adam's apple." She says it to me, or I said it to her. I don't remember. Well, she said she says, "Oh, you can't even see your tracheotomy skull." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. But it was like. You just trust each other, uh, you know, actors you get to play and you don't feel like insulted, but that they basically we were told like, just, just totally like insult each other because this oh is what goodness. the scene is. And Only comedians nervous. can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I have to insult Amy Sedaris. How am I going to, you know, but <laughs> you just, yeah, it's like, you know, the, the point of the scene and what's supposed to happen. I wish that show could have kept going, but, um, that was really fun. That yeah, really that fun. was fun. Uh, yeah, I just, I looked, I watched the two episodes that you were in. And then the first one, I was like, wait, I just heard her voice at the end. You were like, a, I think you were voiceover, like your package or your dinner's going to arrive or something. They had ordered dinner from a company. And you were the person on the phone, I think. I probably. See, I don't remember. Because yeah. you know so what? Like, oh, when I looked at, I was like, I looked at the IMDb after we had talked and I was like, I don't remember being in two episodes. What was yeah. this other? I think you just, you did voiceover work. <laughs> I did a voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that one was really good. So Thanksgiving, that was on Amazon Prime. If any of you guys want to check that one out, there's a season of that. Uh, and it's all about, you know, the family getting together for the Thanksgiving holiday and and all the fun stuff that goes along yeah, with it. Yeah, which is coming up, right? That's right. There you go. It's a good plug right there. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, your biggest gig, um, I, I would at least assume anyways, you got to work with Amy Schumer on Inside Amy Schumer. Yes. And uh, you did uh, not just one season, but you are in multiple episodes of several seasons of Inside with Amy Schumer. And yes. uh, so that's pretty fami- uh, fabulous right there. And uh, so... Um, so it sounds like you got that gig just because of um, working with a guy and you got an invite to audition for that. And then how did um, that become like a mainstay? So Schumer, so I I feel like it's maybe 12 or 13 years ago. Um, I knew Schumer from just around. We both did stand up together. Um, She's an actress who, at the time, she went to William Esper Studio, which is a school here, and she graduated with a lot of people who they then uh, formed a theater group 
uh, called The Collective. And at right. the same time, I was working with a lot of those people, Kevin Kane, Mike Houston, Robert Grant, uh, Victoria Dice, um, Mark Menchaca. There was a lot of people that I was working with on other projects, Brian Leiter. And I was doing a play that Brian Leiter was doing. I was doing a one-woman show, and then I was working with Kevin Kane on something else. And they had formed the collective for about a year and they were like, do you want to do you want to come in and work with us? And I was like, yes, I do. And so I knew Amy from stand up. And then I was working with her in the theater company. And then we were all working together, um, doing plays and producing. And we'd have Monday nights. We'd meet every Monday night. And while we were in this company over the you know 12 years, probably maybe like five years in, Amy started to really skyrocket. Right, right. And she's she was, you know, she was just incredible stand up. She was just like on fire. Yeah. And she's smart as a whip and and, yeah. and she hit the um yeah, she hit the powerful uh woman. Oh um, yeah. And, and the, but like I don't give an F about what anyone else is saying. Right at the right moment, because that's where um our society was starting to trend. Totally. And so she fell right in there. It was just the perfect time and the perfect person because she's she's very strong incredible um i admire her a lot i i i've known her for a long time i've celebrated a birthday party with her in new orleans and we went crazy (laughs) i know her in in ways that are uh like all fun and also just an incredible work ethic and like she's worked she worked really hard you have um, to do that to get to that level that just doesn't just that doesn't nobody gives that to you you've got to work for it no. And so as she, but the, the, the neatest thing too, that I really got lucky was like, I told you groups kind of lift you up and keep you working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, as she, you know, started to move and move, she would, every Monday we would see these scripts from inside Amy Schumer in the room in Monday nights. So Monday night they would bring in potential scripts. You know, she got the show, then she would bring in potential scripts and we would, we would all get up on our feet. And we'd read them and the producers would be there and they would be like, I might read 10 scripts and then I'd get maybe to do one or two on the show. But they right. would learn from, from do they want to keep that line? Do they need to get rid of that line? Did that work? Was that funny? Yeah. And so we became kind of like the incubator for that show. A little so, writing room kind a of A little right, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. writing, the writers would come in and I got lucky because I just got to be there. I was in the room when this stuff started to go down. Right, right, right. And- when they came to cast a show, they were like, well, we know Maggie can do that because we saw her do it in the reading. Or we know Maggie can do that role or, you know, because it is a, the casting process is super hard. But if you're, if you're coming from the inside where you're working, you know, a lot of people come in through writing. A lot of actors are writers also, like you get in a writer's room. And so that's how I started there. And um, as the theater company grew, we kept going. And then uh, Kevin Kane, who was the director of the theater company, um, artistic director he went on to produce he's produced all of her stuff and then now he's like got a lead on um law and order he's like suv he's like you'll see if you look him up so he he helped a lot of us too because he was her producer and he was the the director of the theater company so and then i met all those people so i met dan powell through inside amy schumer then he cast me on thanksgiving so it's like yeah 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 yeah. people like if you need a roofer and your cousin's uncle is a roofer and you've met him at a barbecue. (laughs) Right. And you're going to say, you know, so it is show business and it is, 
but it's friends too. And you have, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I got to do that. And that was, honestly, that was a dream come true because that writing was, is so brilliant. Jesse Klein yeah, was yeah, head yeah. writer for the first couple seasons. Amy's just a brilliant writer. All this, I mean, I love the, to, to work with someone who also aligns with your like political and yes. uh, views on someone like, who's one of your people. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's been great. And I, I was just on the last season, which we, we did for, I want to say it's per- Peacock or Paramount. Oh, Paramount. P. Paramount. Paramount. Thank you. No, it's Paramount. <laughs> yep. I saw yeah. it. I got to work on that one and I did a lot of voiceovers for that one, which was really cool. So I, um, they keep, they keep asking me and I, I keep coming because I, I like, I like that whole outfit. I feel always lucky I get to work with them. Yeah. So a lot of your characters seem to be uh, sort of like the the girl. She's a little quirky. She's a little crazy. There's always a little something about her that's different from the rest of the crew. Is that is that a role you like to kind of trend to? Because I did see that a lot. Like, I don't want to keep talking about Bikini Bloodbath, but we turned it on. I was like, all right, where's Margaret? And I was like, oh, there's her with the crazy hair all poofed up and stuff. There's Margaret. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. It definitely was like a, a something that I do and that I did and that I that I kind of found my my way. Like that's how I identified. That's how I um I don't want to say you have typecasting, but there is something like right. that. And there is this like larger than life, um, awkward, uh, strange, uh, off person. Somebody but- that's gonna go the extra mile <laughs> on something. <laughs> Right. Yes. And and so I have I have played that as as I've gotten older I have also kind of branched out from that a, a lot a little more toned down stuff uh or or more naturalistic stuff or Right. um or I'm or I'm you know I I don't know how to explain it but as as I as as your trajectory of work changes and what you find interesting and kind of how the art form for me uh, I do think that is the character that I, I often play. And now I'm playing less of that and more of the moms, the the right. more subdued types, um, the listeners ver- versus yeah, yeah. the active. So like uh, my, yes. and, and, and when you're working on different shows, you're, you're, you're using like, like, you know, when I worked on Law and Order, that is a different, you know. <laughs> You're not doing what you're doing on Inside Amy Schumer because it's a totally right. different. Right. You know what I mean? It's like a totally exactly. different. But that's where you have to make sure you that you can do that. Like, can you right. turn that awkward, weird, like poofy hair girl and and be that relaxed, calm, quiet train conductor? Yes. And I think you can, but you have to you have to practice. You have to work I at it. To, yeah. And 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 I always said this joke that like. I, I auditioned for lots of shows. I mean, Blacklist, Law and I mean, every single crime procedural I have auditioned for. And it's taken me years to try to figure out what am I doing wrong? How can I not? Right, Why right. am I not? And I remember making like a joke that like when I finally got cast on Law and Order SUV, that I, I, I decided that I was, <laughs> this is terrible and I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it to you. I'm going to just go in there and I'm not going to move my face. Like that right. was my whole acting um, note to myself was so like, go don't in there. Don't move your face. Don't yeah. move your face. Just keep your face still. Don't move anything. Just act for the camera. 
don't be big, don't be big. <laughs> don't pretend, be big. Pretend like you're doing a voiceover. And right. it's stupid. And I mean, listen, you take your classes and you learn all that stuff, but you also can't help like who you are as a person. Right. If you move your face and you animate a lot just because that's the way you are. Um, that medium of film is so, it's so, um, it catches every little nuance. So it's a different kind of acting. And you have your theater acting and you have your sketch acting and you have your on-camera acting. And then, you know, there's so many different I mean, I could talk about this for like hours, but I won't because this right. isn't what this podcast is. <laughs> I was, um, uh, uh, I, we had clips of Friends going on last night because we got the news of Matthew Perry oh, passing yeah. away. Yeah. And uh, what you just said reminded me of a joke they used in there where um, Joey is showing something, a clip of something, whatever he did. And they're like, oh, just wait right here. I'm using my fart. I'm using my fart muscle. <laughs> or something and it was the look it was a facial look right mm-hmm. right it's, you know the look you make like you farted but you didn't want anyone to know or you... <laughs> listen whatever and it i takes. was thinking about your law and order i was like did she have the fart face joy was talking about <laughs> listen it, yeah listen i mean uh, kind of like if you're if you're now now i'm like oh meisner helps me that kind of technique is like yourself in imaginary circumstances so like if i'm acting like I'm doing a podcast with Matt. It's like I'm myself, but I'm also maybe acting like myself in imaginary circumstances. So right, right, right. To get to get a truthful performance, to get a truthful. I mean, the more I I go down the um, the acting wormhole and try to tell the truth, it's telling of the truth, and that's where the yep. realism comes in. But that's not sketch, although it is. But um, yep, comedy is truth a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, to get get to the truth. All right, so I'm gonna move along because I know you've got an appointment coming up, so I want to keep on trucking. Uh, so you are also a stand-up comic, uh, but you said you got that a little later. What made you uh, get into stand-up comedy? I always like admired stand-up. I always was like just blown away, you know, by it. I loved. I just love laughing, and that's how I yeah. why I started comedy altogether. And that that just to to make people laugh, I feel like is one of the best feelings in the world inside. And when to have know, a job they, where you can laugh a lot is a yeah. positive too. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was at the time I was in a sketch group called Wilt Chamberlain's Kids. Oh, but did it have a lot of people in it? <laughs> it had a lot of people in it. And I was also in a sketch co- uh, group called The Brothel, and that was just a bunch of women. And we Right, right, right. Great funny... names. Great yeah. names. And, but we all, you know, we all had our own projects going on, and everybody was, like, doing their thing and everybody. So when with these sketch groups, you know, you're, you're putting together improv nights or sketch nights, and you're trying to – you're working the comedy, you're working the comedy. But after a while – you it's like a band you you can't it's 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 untenable it's hard it's like you you start to like break off and then this person's working on a film for a couple of months and now we can't have a show so like out of the need to just continue being uh doing that thing that bug that i gotta do i gotta do and you gotta earn money too at the same time yeah and so i started to just kind of go off on my own and and i i i was actually a kj a karaoke jockey. Yes, yep, yep. I'm okay, aware. you know what it is. <laughs> yeah, my wife and I did that a few times. We thought about getting into that business. Yeah, it was, that was the way I made money. I would. I remember. I think my first gig was like seventy five dollars a night, and I did it out in this bar called the Lido Bar in Brooklyn. And um, 
it was back when we had like you know the CDs. CDs. You had, yep, to, yep. you had to get the we number. We had flip flying. books of them. Yeah, we had like yeah. a, had several hundred of them. Yeah. Yeah, and you know when when the nights were slow, I'd just get on there and start talking and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work <laughs> you your mu- work your 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 muscle there. Yeah, that's kind of like where I did my first stand up. Was it? Pretending to be, you know, a stand-up at a karaoke situation. Then I got comfortable, and then I started going, and I ran open mics for years where I got. uh, It was a different muscle, though. Honestly, it's a totally different, you know, when you talk about the truth, it's like, as an actor from such a young age, I had really believed in the, the, they call it the fourth wall. It's where you're being looked at, but, you know, and you're you're telling the story, you're being the character, you're doing the stuff, but you're not breaking that because that then, the the you're not in that story anymore. But stand-up yeah, yeah. is like, there is no fourth wall. It is like you. It's you. Yeah, yeah. It took me years. I built that fourth wall up for 20 years in a profession, and then I had to like, oh, there's break that wall down. We know yeah. how hard it is. Find to your character walls. and just stay in it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but in stand-up. You don't have, you're just you. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that yeah. that takes a lot of self-analyzing, anal- uh, too, like uh who are you? What do you want to talk about? And 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 how how real is this? And that right. That, that's been a great experiment, though. I think it has helped my acting, and I think my acting helped my stand up. But I think it took a while. It took it's a probably while. good therapy too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because the best best comics are the ones that just tell truths about themselves. Yeah. You know, like George George Carlin just spoke about you know boring stuff, but he just said it in a funny way. Yeah, it's you know? true. Yeah. It's that's a whole nother interesting, you know, there's joke writers, there's people that really, you know, have setups and punches and this and that. And then there's people that just talk about themselves. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love the prop people where they when I was little, I like seeing comics, but they bring out a trunk. Right. And then stuff would come out and then they would do stuff. Yeah. I remember. Was it Gallagher with the Gallagher, the watermelon (laughs) and all that stuff, too? Oh, yeah. Oh yep. yeah, those are fun. Those are fun. Whenever we watch Whose Line Is It Anyway, my favorite was when they would have the trunk and they would have to tell jokes by whatever they pulled out and they'd have oh, to yeah. do a line. That's fun. That was always my favorite. All right. So let me get to some like uh like fun questions about acting. Okay. Uh all right. So what's the biggest role that you almost got? <sighs> the biggest role that I almost got. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was really young, uh, I had my first agent and I auditioned for this movie. It was called Clam. And it was about an awkward girl who uh, was like a clam. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I auditioned and I got really close. And I really thought at that age, like it was going to be my career breakout. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to define my whole life. Um, oh, but even better than that. Okay. And I didn't get it, but even better than that, I was in a play probably when I was about 22 in lower Manhattan and it was called gravel spine. It was about Southern snake handlers. And I played this character and I, I played a little boy, a young boy. (laughs) And I, I just stayed in the tree house. And this is so embarrassing, Matt. And this makes me so mad to this day that I didn't do this. This woman was in the audience and she came up to me and she goes, um, you have an incredible voice. You could really, you would be really good for this thing that's, that I'm working on. Here's my number. Please, uh, look me up. 
Well, at that time, I was in no way professionally ready. I was just doing plays. I didn't understand the business. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have a headshot. It's like I was a mess. So I got nervous, and I never really followed up on this. And do you know what this show was? King of the Hill. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. And I and I'm a voiceover artist now. I mean, I make you pretty much primarily. Oh my God! I could have been one of them in King of the Hill. That's right. Oh. You could have been Hank. I could have been Hank. Um, or it, yeah. So that was a big mistake. Boy, mm. looking back, I, you and just I never did it. Know. You never know. I did it because of um, no knowledge of the business. I didn't know <laughs> right? who to ask. I mean, so much of our lives is I, you still do that. Going back to this, it's like I still figuring out how to do that. (laughs) Right. I didn't know who I didn't have family who did this. I didn't know who to say. Some woman wants me to call her about the voice. But what is the voice? Can I just be a voice actor? How do I do that? I did not know this. This 25 (laughs) years ago. Now, you know, maybe it's different. Maybe you can Google what is. I just so that that was. Sorry, My that name was is real... Margaret Champagne, and I sell propane and propane accessories. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, funny. Yes. Um, uh, what did you turn down that you re- regretted later? What did you say no to? You're thinking, oh, I should have probably said yes to that. Like absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. Oh, you didn't say no to anything. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. Um. Yeah, have I ever said no? I I mean, look, I have I've never said no. I only thing I ever yeah, I I just I I'm always trying to you do You can't stuff. say no. You you get I think as an actor, right? You there's a yeah. at least one part in your journey that you don't say no to anything. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. Only the um once you once you get comfortable yeah, I would think it'd be can, hard to say. I mean, I just don't have enough coming at me yeah. to say no. Right, I to mean, say you know, no to stuff. You're like, yeah, I'll um, do that. I mean, if, if something was like against my my morals, like like I don't like guns, and if right. someone's like, "Would you do this commercial for this gun seller?" I right. will say no. We I don't like you know I have my political beliefs, and you're gonna have me do an ad for this politician. I don't. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. gonna. So I have uh. I have had so, said no to auditions for for certain type of work, but I've never said no to something that was offered because I I probably went out for it because I believed in what it was. Right, right, right. Does that right. make sense? Gotcha. It aligned What's, with me. <laughs> what was the funnest gig you ever had? What was the one you you liked the best, <sighs> or you liked a lot? I should say, if you don't want to play favorites. Probably the funnest gigs was just working on the Schumer show because right. th- that's been a long going thing and also just so much freaking laughter. I mean, we are yeah. cutting up. We yeah. are. I got to work with Jermaine from, uh, you know, Flight of the Concords and he, yeah. I got to work with Seinfeld, you know, on her yeah. show and, and uh, Jennifer Coolidge. I mean, oh, yeah. So you're in rooms with these people and they're just doing they, what they do that you see. But they do it, and you get to be there, and so, and you do laugh your a off because you get to hear the other hundred jokes, and we only yeah. get to see the one on screen. But you guys probably told a hundred others. Yeah, and then also my own series that I made with Lisa Hickman is called Lipstick Garage. This is a whole series. It's on um, it's on a a site right now, and of course I'm not going to remember what it is, and I'm going to get in so much trouble for not saying. Yeah, I'll uh, look it up real quick, and I'll help. Yeah. You out. Um, 
this an app you can download that it's on. We'll put that in the notes. But, to, oh, Lipstick Garage, me and Lisa Hickman, she was one of my best friends from college. We went off and did our own thing. And it's like a five-part series where we play all these different characters. And, boy, I, we, 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 I don't even know if it was any good, but we had so much freaking fun. We would laugh and laugh and laugh. You can, on YouTube, we had to take it down from YouTube because it's been Yeah, it's the first place I went to. No, it's not there. Yeah, it's been put on a, um, a streaming site. Right. And um, uh, I can't remember right now. But anyway, so that one, uh, that, that, that was my favorite. Schumer and Lipstick Garage. Because Lipstick Garage, to make that. Oh, it's called IFT Network. Okay, thank you. <laughs> IFT. There you IFT go. Network presents. Yes. Yeah, so they have all of the IFT Network. So it's a community of independent filmmakers and theater producers that you can, you can get that. Um, that has all sorts of stuff on it. IFT nice. Network. That's IFT all of our. Network. Yeah, that that right there. Check it out, Lipstick Garage. It's wild. I play all these crazy, kooky characters, and it's it's very like um, weird. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it free. sounds like that's what you like to do. Is yeah. It's like yep. Well, let Off me explore that. I've never done that. Let's explore it. Yeah, J. Cruz IFT Network. All I right. got mom brain still. I got mom brain some mornings. I haven't had enough coffee, yeah. Matt. <laughs> um, uh, so I was going to ask you what's the best part of acting, but I think you've already nailed it about about laughter and having fun with friends and just exploring. Telling stories. Yeah, exploring stories and characters. That sounds like it would, you know, if you can make money at it as a dream to do. I think, too, like one one last thing is like helping people – learn that people are different and like you know you see a story that you know a lot of the I do a lot of drama too I do a lot of dramatic plays that talk about loss and pain and and also you know like uh, being yourself and just uh, empathy empathy and yes empathy yeah helping people get into shoes that are are seeing another perspective you know and I had to play a villain I don't like playing the villain but you yeah. act well thy part for there the honor lies. I got that from True 4462, the International Thespian Society <laughs> at Lee Senior High School. Thank you there very much. There you go. I still say it to this day. It's something nice. I say to myself before I I work. Nice. What's the worst part of acting? Ooh, worst part of acting is probably like the insecurity. The, right. The uh, imposter. Why don't they like me? Yeah. If if am I doing this right? Like, what am I doing? I am. I, I would think I'm the lack of feedback. Yeah. The la- <laughs> the lack of feedback. If you don't get something, like, why yeah. didn't I get it? Can you tell me why? Yeah. There's a lot of that, and but you know what you learn after so many years of doing it, you kind of just you kind of put it out there and you walk away. I don't even think about it. I even last week I auditioned for a movie and I haven't even thought about it. I haven't gotten a call about right. it. But after you are a professional auditioner. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you just that's part of your job and then if you book something, but that was really hard in the beginning like finding your people, finding your place and trying to figure out if you want to act, how do you get to do that? It's a it's a privilege to get to do it. 
yeah. professionally. It's, you know, becoming a professional actress is like becoming a professional basketball player. That's how hard it is. It's yeah. just as hard to be in the, the NBA. Is That's how hard it is. It's like you don't, you know, uh, so, you know, I, I, I cherish when I get to do to the work. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots and lots of little steps before the big one happens. Yeah. Right. You got to do a lot of bikini bloodbaths before oh, yeah. you can make it into national I, television. And that might not ever happen. You know, <laughs> yeah, some big, big, big. Uh, I did get my biggest job this year of all point, and it's not even on IMDb yet. It's a, um, it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it doesn't have a release name, but it's, it's a feature movie starring Melissa McCarthy. Nice. And um, it's now. Um, did she run in the same circle as you guys and Amy Schumer? No, because she's California. She, okay. I think her whole. West I mean, Coast. she might. She was actually in New York, didn't she? Do Gilmore Girls? I didn't. I've never met her, and I didn't even get to meet her on the set when I worked. And this movie, um, the working title is called Bernard and the Genie, and she is the genie, and it's a feature, and it's a Christmas movie, and it's coming out. But with the strike, I don't know if it's coming out this year. Right. I hope it does, but I literally got cast in my first major motion picture film this year, and I was in it, and it was the most exciting thing of my life because I was like, oh, yeah. my God. Again, the imposter complex because I was shooting on a soundstage, and I went downstairs. They called me down to set at 11 p.m. at night, and I played the White House spokesperson. That was my that was nice. my character. I'm kind of playing the straight woman in this yes. quick scene. And I don't know if you know Luis Guzman, but he's a oh yeah, he was acting. Oh my god! And I was watching him act in the on the soundstage because they have these huge. I mean, they look like football fields, and they have these huge rooms. And I was watching him standing there in my outfit, and like they had they had covered up my tattoo, and I had this coiffed hair, and I looked like you know the White House spokesperson. Yeah, I had on these high heels, and I was literally my legs were like buckling because I'm standing (laughs) across from watching Luis Guzman do his thing, and I'm like, I cannot believe I'm in this room with him. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you this story, but I feel like it was like uh, some segue, but I don't know what the segue was, Matt. Oh, the best part of acting. The best part of acting. So the best part of acting was that was after I am 48 years old. So 48 years. Yeah. You know, four years I started. Now it took, now I'm, I'm, I mean, I, and I finally got into a, you know, to a place where right. I'm like, Holy a real sh- motion picture. It, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in a real motion picture. This, this is going to, it should be a movie theaters. But, um, but even that is like, it's like a, a, a 45 second speech I have and that's it. Right. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, th- so that's a good part. Like, wow, <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah. Let's going. see what happens next. It's okay. Yeah. All right. So, what's your advice for people who want to who would decide to move to New York City to try to make it big, or to or or to try to maintain a life up there? What's some advice for them? Um, you know, make sure you you love it and enjoy it. And if it ever doesn't work out for you, take a break. Like if you know you want to pound, I say I pound the pavement. Then I took um. A sledgehammer, and I sledgehammered the pavement, pavement and then right. I, I dug it up with the backhoe, and then I planted flowers <laughs> in the pavement, and then, like I did everything to the pavement. They say pound the pavement, and you'll if you keep pounding the pavement. Well, I don't necessarily think that's, you know, prepare to have the career of the tortoise and be right, and right. take and also take do you know don't just don't just follow your career. Take like. You know, me, I, I, I ended up having, I do have a family. I did want, I did want the career. All I wanted was that. I thought that was, 
you know, it was the bug like like we talked about, but um, also took take some time, you know, it said smell the f- roses, don't, you know, live, you know, I, I think um, it's something you can go after, but it's not the only thing. Make sure that you have a full life, live, yeah. like go hang out, party, um, have friends, get married, have kids, uh, get divorced, do go travel, whatever it is. Um, so have, have a full life. Um, and also, um, you know, work hard and just, just think of it like everybody's going to say about every freaking career. It's like right, the journey. Right, right. There's no end point. You got to enjoy every minute of it as you go because success is it's not even just because you get that that end thing. It doesn't mean n- that none of that was success. All of that is success. Success right. is a state of mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the moment. That's my advice. <laughs> I'm still telling enjoy myself that. That's like, right. This, this podcast is just as exciting in a way that like, I'm I'm getting to talk about my right. my you know I feel so lucky to do this podcast. I appreciate. I'm enjoying that. this. All right, so we're at the end of this podcast here. I asked the que- uh, guests the same six questions uh, okay. each time, so it's good just to hear what people say. All right, so what is one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen? It's like you almost make me want to cry. Um, <laughs> Probably when my daughter was born, that was yeah, 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 that was beautiful. Just um, and my mom with her, and then the Grand Canyon. Okay, I'm done. Good. <laughs> uh, normally, I tell people besides your family because everyone okay, wants everyone's going to say, gonna say that. Um, and the Grand Canyon. The Grand that Canyon. I got, yeah, Woo! that's quite marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you ever want to talk birthing stories, I've, yeah. I've got a couple too. Yes. <laughs> when yes. my kids were born, uh, <sighs> what is one of your favorite smells? Oh, one of my favorite smells. Wow. Um, maybe like, well, vanilla. Yeah. And then like some weird like Nag Champa. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that incense. Yeah. That's a yeah. good go-to incense. It's like because it reminds me of college and just like yeah, freedom yeah, yeah. and like hippie and all that. I don't know. Right. It's like got a, some sort of like, <laughs> we're going to just chill out and behave right. now. Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> and lemongrass. <laughs> lemongrass does lemongrass. it for me too. Okay. Yeah. That's three. I'm cheating. You're fine. Uh, what is one of your favorite kind of sandwiches? Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, there's this sandwich shop in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I was going to say, you got a lot of different sandwiches up there. Yeah, they make this one called the Avatar. Yeah. And the Avatar has all this, like, it's almost like an Italian sub. So it's got the salami, like prosciutto. Right. It, then it has spinach and bacon. <laughs> I'm a meat oh, eater, y'all. I'm sorry. I love it. All my vegans, I'm sorry. Um, on, a, on a French bread. And yeah. usually they put balsamic vinaigrette, but I say no balsamic. I don't know oh, why would, it is so good. I, but I would it, love the balsamic on it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a good sandwich. Try it. Try to make it. All the all the Italian stuff, but then bacon. Yep. And bacon. spinach. Spinach. Got it. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's one of your favorite kind of drinks? Um, definitely a good IPA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like a good IPA. I mean, that's a good. I like IPAs, or I'm I'm a Guinness person because I mean, it, yeah, you know, uh, non-alcohol drinks, a ginger beer. 
Oh, yeah, ginger beers are good. Yeah. yeah, those are good too. Yeah. Um, what's one of the things that makes you happy every time it happens? Oh. I know what I would pick for you. <laughs> when when they say you've got a part. Um. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this is a good. Let's let's play this game. What do I think you're gonna? But that that is, and then also just like uh, I don't know when my kid says she loves me, man. I yeah, there's yeah. just. This is, I'm at that point, you know, in life, and, and I know you have it because you have two girls, just, oh, and you have a son. Yep. So you have three, three times you get to hear that. Right. Um, yeah, just out of the blue when the kid says, like, I love you, or, or thanks, mom, or you're great, mom, or oh, gosh, that, I don't know, that's it. Even when my, you know, my mom, I just, yeah, that makes me happy every time. Um, what advice would you give your younger self if you could? Throw oh. a little nugget of advice. Just take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to be okay. Everything yeah. um, everything you think uh, matters, you do look and you, you just, just take a deep breath because what you think is so important right now is not going to be so important in five years. It's right, all. Right, right, right. Yeah, because uh, we get so caught up in what we think is important and wisdom and time and you know hey yeah. you, you got a roof over your head you got food in your belly all this emotional stuff all this stuff in the world that's changing and people's opinions and you're it's you just have to steady yourself take a deep breath and um try to live in the moment with grace and and forgiveness and also just just don't beat yourself up um go with the flow yeah go with the flow grace and forgiveness i love that one all right, and the last and final question is a selfish one on my part to keep this podcast going. Uh, who do you recommend to be a good guest on the show? Ooh. Somebody that's been doing something for a really long time that loves to talk about what they've been doing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and well, I have to think. I have a lot of musician friends that I could... You could talk to. <laughs> I, I, you know, as a musician myself, I've only had one musician on the show before. She's a, and she's a music therapist, so we talk a lot about that. Oh wow, that's interesting. Oh my god, I'm thrown for a loop right now, but I have to listen. I'm going to come up with a list for you. There you go. How about that? I like a list. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of people that I know. Um, also, some you know, th- there's so many cool professions. You oh, know. two musicians. Sorry, I forget. I forgot one. Oh yeah. I got um, them. Yeah, Our I'll local come up boy, with Brett list. Buchanan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what about Brian Buchanan? Do you know Brian yeah. Buchanan? I mean, just because he's yeah. another. Do you know him? No, I don't think I do. He is an artist. I mean, an artist who's, I see his murals in New York City that he went to Lee Sr. He, oh, I'm going to, no, I'm going to. Awesome. You got to talk to Brian Buchanan because, boy, he was an artist. And I would see him do his little pencil drawings. Yeah, I'm writing his name on the board. Yeah. Brian Buchanan, he's one, and he's an interesting man. I, and I, I only threw, you know, the Facebook. And who, who's a photographer? Another kid, guy we know. Uh, anyway, yeah, Brian Buchanan. I don't know that came to mind just as an on yeah, an artist. That's a good level. one. Yeah, you can always shoot me a list. Okay, okay, for that sure. Would be great. For sure. Well, Margaret, thanks for being on the show. I was going to try to keep you around 30, 40 minutes, but we went oh, a tad bit over that. I'm sorry. But I talk a no, lot. I loved it. Um, <laughs> I love it. Thank you. This has been really so, wonderful. 
Um, if you want to see Margaret in real life, um, you can go to Tubi and go see her bikini bloodbath yes. car wash. I want to go to Tubi um, and go see it. I, I'm so excited uh, it's on there. Uh, you can go to, uh, do you call it IFT? Yes, IFT uh, Network. To go see Lipstick, Lipstick Garage. Garage. Yes. Um, and um, Amazon Prime, you can go watch uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, and she plays the homeless shelter uh, director, and that's in the third episode, I believe. And uh, where else can they see you? Um, if you, I guess, Comedy Central, either on screen, inciting, yeah, yeah either, either on screen or maybe in person in New York. Where can they see you? Um, the next show I have, I believe, is December twenty second at Broadway Comedy Club, seven thirty p.m. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'll be I'll be slinging yep. my jokes. See her That's there my next and uh, gig. And, and Comedy Central inside Amy Schumer. Yeah. You can and check hopefully her out there. in the non-titled, if I don't get cut. Now watch me get cut. You're never supposed right. to talk about your job. Um Bernard and the Genies starring Melissa McCarthy. Alan Cumming right. is in it too. Oh, Ooh, he's that, a good one. Yeah. Um yeah, that that should be coming out. We'll see. You check me out. I think I'm in the last like five pages of the script as the White House yeah, yeah. spokesperson. If I don't get cut, if I don't get cut, people. Right, I bet that happens a lot. <laughs> it does. People have a part that never makes it in. Oh, it does. I, I got. I went. I brought a friend to a big movie premiere that I was supposed to be in this movie, and um, <laughs> it was just my arm. <laughs> just your arm. Oh my yep. god. <laughs> well, a paycheck's a paycheck, even if it's for an arm. Hey, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Margaret, it's been really fun. Uh, I can't wait to see you on stage and on screen, hopefully for years to come. Thanks. Uh, remember folks, find what makes you happy and get to it. There's a lot of life out there to live. So make it a good one. Be kind, be nice, be good. And everyone have a great week. Thanks, Matt. Oh, you're welcome.